Hey, welcome to Online Church today. Hey, thanks for joining us so much. My name is Andrew. This is my wife, Dawn, and this is our last series. This is our last part to the Living Room series, uh, the Living Experience Room experience we've been having here. Um, we've been talking about the early church, right? We've been going back and talking about the early church and mm -hmm. the people that God called to start the church. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, I believe that it wasn't a mistake that, that God has uh, called us to talk about the early church and to get us back refocused on yeah. what church is and that it was never man's idea, that it was always God's idea. And so we are wrapping up today uh, with the title of a message called Jesus Holds the Key. Yes, he does. Jesus Holds the Key. And today we are celebrating our soldiers, our men and women who fought so bravely for our freedom. Yes. And I just want to thank everybody um, who has fought uh, who served in any branch. I want to thank you for your service uh, to our country. Yes, thank you. As we remember the people that have died, that, that shed their blood for our country, you know, it makes me very sentimental to think about, you know, what a great country that we live in, but mm -hmm. it took sacrifice for our country to be the way it is. Yeah. And our country was founded, the whole purpose why our country was created and founded was so that we could have a free place to worship God, <laughs> right? When the pilgrims came over here, man, the first thing they did is they, they fell to their knees and they worshiped and they thanked God. The, the, the Church of England was persecuting the Christians and and. and and so, man, they're just like, we need a place where we can worship God freely. And that's how uh, America came to be. And, you know, freedom never comes free, right? Millions of people had to shed their blood for us to live in the country that we live in. And freedom always comes with sacrifice. Absolutely. Freedom always comes with sacrifice. As Christians, Jesus had to sacrifice his love, his, his life. He, he had to sacrifice, his, his blood needed to be shed so we could live free, right? And, you know, several years ago uh, in Florida, I was working, at, working out at this gym, and there was this old, older gentleman, his name was Al. <laughs> And I mostly worked out and he mostly talked, okay? And um, <laughs> he was, I don't know how old he was. He was old. Um, I think he's in his 80s, early 80s maybe? Oh, I don't Late think 70s. so. Late oh, 70s? He fought in World War II. Okay. And uh, he used to tell me these stories about fighting in World War II. And um, he said that Roosevelt came and gathered the troops together and he looked at them and he gave this speech to the camp that he was at and he said boys not everybody's going to come home alive he says but what we are doing the cause that we are fighting for is not just for our own lives but 
for the generations that come that come behind us. And he says, what you're fighting for is worth the blood that will be shed. And we need to stop people like Hitler and the Nazis to make sure that our country stays free. And Al was telling me, we, he's like, everybody just went nuts. We just went crazy. We were, no, we were so ready to die for our country because we believe that we are creating a better future for the next generation. And we're living in a time that I never thought that we would live in where in a moment, I mean, we're talking in a moment, our freedom is gone. We're being told that we, we can't gather together as a church. We're being told what stores that we can go to and can't go to. And with all of these restrictions, our, our kids can't go to school anymore. And, and to me, this is, this is very concerning just as someone who has enjoyed the freedom, the blood that was shed so we can enjoy the freedom of worship in our country. And I just want to remind you Satan's plan. Satan's plan is to come to kill, steal, and destroy our freedom. You know, he, he's the creator of, he's the father of lies, and he's the creator of prisons. And what's so wonderful about Jesus is Jesus, and he holds the key to all of our prisons, right? He has come to, to bring freedom, true freedom of, of sin and death into our lives. And what Satan has done is he's isolated us. Man, that's Satan's plan is to isolate us. I want to read the scripture in Hebrews 10, 25. It says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together. I'm going to say it again. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Satan has got us to neglect meeting together. And we've been responsible neighbors during this process. And at some point, and I've been talking about this, and the Lord really spoke this to me. He said, Andrew, at some point, you need to step out of the shadow of fear and step into the light of freedom. The light of faith that Jesus gives us. And so... Uh, next week, man, we're going to be meeting together here in our physical location here at Passionate Life Church, 9 and 1030. We're still going to have an awesome online experience for those of you that, that are not ready to, to, to be around people. But at some point in time, we need to step into faith. We just feel that next week as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, May 31st is Pentecost Sunday, that we're going to that we're going to encounter a Pentecost ourselves, that the pneuma of God would blow on us and through us, and that we would be all filled with the Holy Spirit. We would all be encouraged as we gather together in one accord. And so, as we reflect on, on what has made this country great, 
and what being a Christian, right, is great, right? We follow a leader who has given us freedom, who makes us, who makes us free. At some point, we, we have to stop living in fear and step into the freedom and the faith that God gives us. And what we're going to talk about today, you know, we've been talking about the early church and how amazing it was and everybody was in awe of God. And, and man, they were just so devoted to the teachings and, and the signs and miracles were happening. And we talked about the first recorded miracle last week and how amazing it was. People were being added to the church daily. Thousands upon thousands of people were getting saved and baptized. And then immediately after this, persecution comes. And so I want us to know that persecution is part of following Jesus. It's just part of it. Yeah. And we've been in this bubble as Americans because of we've been a Christian nation. And we are teetering on not being that, of being in an era that is post-Christian era. And, but I still know that God has his blessing on this country because now we founded this country to worship him freely. But I'm just going to tell you right now, persecution's coming and it's here to where we, we live. And I want you, I just want to put your mind at ease that this is normal. This, this is what happens. And when persecution comes, the church always flourishes. So can you can you open us up in prayer? You bet, Tim. Thank you. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for this message. God, I pray yes. that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive your truth because we know that your truth uh, sets us free. Yes. We thank you, Jesus, that you hold the keys of sin and death. Yes, God. Um, to every bondage, to every struggle, to anything that we're dealing with, God, you hold the keys, and we thank you that you are here with us. Yes. Lord, bless this message and this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Let's turn to John 15, 18 through 20. This is the words of Jesus. If you can read that for us. Sure. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. So it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. If they had listened to me, they would listen to you. Those are the, the words of Jesus who says, Man, they, they hated me. And so it's going to be natural if you're representing me that they're going to pick on you, mm -hmm. right? That, that they're going to persecute you. And this is just part of, of following Jesus. And this is what uh, begins to happen to the early church, right? They begin to be persecuted. They get, uh, start getting arrested. And, and we're going to read in, in the book of Acts in, in chapter 8 and chapter 9, we're going to look at the persecution of the early church. And we're going to uh, look at, the first martyr, Stephen becomes the first martyr. He's the first one that dies for the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to look at uh, someone named Saul, 
who was a huge persecutor of the early church. And we're going to look at his conversion. And Saul becomes the apostle Paul. And he becomes the super apostle who, who starts more churches than anybody. Mm-hmm. Who Man, he's just a huge proponent. Peter, what Peter starts, Paul just, man, he just takes it and expands it throughout the whole whole world. And, and he writes most of the New Testament. And, and Paul's just this amazing thing. But he wasn't always amazing, right? He wasn't always amazing. He was actually against the church. And so let's go ahead and read Acts 8, 1 through 3. If you can go ahead and uh, just read that first passage for us. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And so here we see the first martyr of Jesus, the first one who is willing to to die for his his faith in Jesus. And I I want us to pause for a moment, and I want us to talk about the persecution that is happening in our world. Again, because for the most part, we live in a persecution bubble, right? We live in a, a, a very protected, our rights are protected for the most part. Um, that is not what other Christians are experiencing all over the world. It is, it is said that close to 260 million Christians right now are being persecuted every single day. 260 million. They, they, they estimate around 8 to 10 Christians are killed for their faith every single day. And they're like, that's probably a really low number because not all of them, they don't report all of the killings. And, and so, you know, 260 million Christians are persecuted every single day. And, and listen to me very carefully. If you care about human rights, okay, If you're someone who's a proponent for human rights, if you care about human rights, then you should care about the persecution of Christians. Christians are the most persecuted people group in the world. And they always have been. Because it's part, it's Jesus, this is part of it. 34 AD, I just want to go through some some history, give you a snapshot of, of the persecution of Christians. It started in 34 AD with Stephen when he was killed. He was stoned to death. Ten years later, 44 AD, James, the brother of Jesus, is killed. In 64 AD, Nero burns down Rome, and then he blames the Christian because he ends up killing thousands of Romans. And he blames the Christians. And so what he does is he makes human torches out of the Christians. He, he dips them in oil and hangs them, hangs them up and lights them on fire. Uh, killing thousands of Christians. And one, oh, and also in 64 AD, uh, that's when Peter is crucified, and, and Peter is asked to be crucified upside down because he, he, he says, I'm not worthy to be crucified like Christ. In 64 AD, Paul is also captured and, and beheaded in 64 AD. In 160 AD, Polycarp is burned at the stake for not denying Christ. 203 AD, Perpetua was beheaded in front of her father because she wouldn't deny Christ. 1415, 
Tyndale and Huss are burned at the stake for translating the Bible for the first time into English. In 1630, 300,000 Japanese Christians are crucified at a beach crucifixion. And they're actually crucified upside down. And when was it? Was it was the beginning of the day. It was the beginning of the day upside when the tide down. was low. Yeah. And so they would, when the tide would come up, that's how they would, they would die. They were crucified that way. They would end up drowning. They were all drowning um, yeah. to death. Mm -hmm. 300,000 Japanese Christians at one time. And then we enter into the 20th century. Let's skip ahead. It's actually known as the bloodiest um, century of church history. 1945, Bonhoeffer refuses to comply with Hitler's plot against the Jews and was put to death. 1950, Jim Elliott, a missionary, was speared to death by Aiken Indians in South America. And the next summer, his wife baptizes the man that killed her husband. I mean, what? Only Jesus. Okay, only Jesus, do you hear a story like that where Jim Elliott, he's a missionary, he feels called to these Aiken Indians, they end up killing him, and his wife ends up coming and getting this tribe saved. Yeah. 1975, Ziming, a, a Chinese pastor, he's trying to bring freedom of worship to his country, right? The country of China. And he's executed by the Communist Party. In 2006, uh, Young Nam, who, who's in North, uh, North Korea, he's an army officer. He begins to start preaching the gospel to people. Mm -hmm. And he's arrested and he ends up dying in prison. 2010, uh, Sad Musa, who's in Afghanistan, he ends up converting from Christianity to, uh, from Islam to Christianity and is arrested and he's physically tortured. They tell him they will release him if he denies Jesus. He refuses, and he remains in prison. Uh, he actually ends up getting out uh, a couple years ago. There's a lot of pressure from our America. country, from America, yeah. uh, to, to let him out, and he ends up uh, becoming free. And we have to remember in John 15, 19, I want to reread this for you. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. And so as we're talking about history, this, this is factual that the world hates Christ followers, right? Not just the believers, but the Christ followers and ones that were making a difference for the kingdom. And I, and I know that we've had some just heavy moments, right, in, in this message. And I want us to remember that real blood was shed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, just like on Memorial Day, we're, we're reminded of, of these brave and great, wonderful soldiers, men and women that fought for us. Man, there were men and women that fought for us to keep our faith alive, to, to further the gospel of Jesus Christ to the point where they were willing to give up their life. And we should never forget our history never. of where we came from and, and really just being able to honor them 
uh, in what they sacrificed, right? Because they knew that, man, this life was not their home. And, and we should be reminded of that, that this right. is not the end, right? That God has an attorney for us and it's wonderful and it's beyond our hopes and imagination. And so, you know, as we, we talk about some heavy things of, of the persecution of the church and Christians, you know, just be reminded that, man, Jesus is the key, right? He holds the key to every prison. He, yep. he has given us freedom over sin and death and even death. We don't have to worry uh, because he has a beautiful eternity uh, for us. And I think it's really important that we share what's happening in our culture. You know, the media did not talk about what happened during Easter. It did not share what, what happened in the church. 250 people in Sri Lanka uh, were killed by a bombing, and another 500 were injured that day uh, on Easter. And so that's 2020. That, that's what's happening today, currently uh, in, in our world. It's really hard to hear these things, and even hard for me, this, this great persecution that was happening in the church back then, but also this great persecution that's happening today but this confirms the scriptures. It confirms what Jesus said. And we shouldn't lose hope or live in fear. Right. We should never lose hope or live in fear. We should have great hope and great faith through this, knowing that God has chosen us to be the light to our community and into our world. Amen. Let's let's uh, continue to verse, verse 1 again. Uh, Acts 8, 1, and then uh, we'll read verse 2. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. And I just want to stop there uh, for a moment. And I just want to, I just want to give you permission and, and just let you... Uh, I just want to tell you, it's okay not to be okay and to have real emotions. As we see here, persecution is happening to the church, and it's not all rah-rah, yay, you know. Uh, but it's like, man, they mourned Stephen's death. Like, they were sad. And, and listen, it's okay to be sad during this pandemic and kind of mourn some things. And it's okay to have emotions. I have lots of emotions. Yes, you do. You <laughs> I do. have lots of emotions. <laughs> I even hearing even hearing you speak, I feel somber, I feel sad, I feel um, there's lots of emotions, but there's there's God makes no mistakes and and I feel like this happened on this day, the week before we're coming back live for a reason, talking about persecution, talking about um, the things that happened in the early church, and then talking about what's happening today. We can't be naive to what is happening to Christians. We can't be naive to what is going to happen to you and what's going to happen to your family or to your kids. Um, it will come. How are we being equipped by the scriptures and by the truth of God to be free within that persecution. Like we can talk in love and truth and be free because Jesus has the keys. Amen. He has the keys to sin and death. And so when we come under this persecution, we can stand firm with confidence in the love of Christ and the hope of salvation and the faith that moves mountains for all that God has for us as the church. Amen. 
And just being reminded that the church always flourishes in persecution. Uh, in China, they think, they don't really know, uh, but they, they estimate there's about 97 million Christians in China and growing at a daily rate. And it's, a, it's basically illegal there. <laughs> and, and it does not matter. And that's what's so good about God is that, man, we can be under persecution. And, and you know, whatever country tries to destroy Christianity, it can never be destroyed. That Amen. it will just continue to grow and flourish mm -hmm. because we serve such a good God who's got a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. But just to know that it's okay to have emotions. Man, the early Christians, they had emotions about this. They were sad, but it didn't stop them, right? Right. From, from fulfilling the purpose and the plan that God had uh, for the church and for their lives. And I think a great example is we're not against our country or our government. This is a great point, okay, you guys? We're not against it. We are for it. We pray for our leadership. We pray for our president. We pray for our governor and our mayor. We are pro-Colorado. We are pro, uh, you know, our government and our leadership. Um, you know, we, we love them and we care for them and we're not angry. We're speaking truth about what's behind the scenes. We're, we are fighting not against flesh and blood. We are fighting a spiritual battle and the enemy is at work. The enemy is at work against the church. And so we have to stand firm in our faith and our freedom that Christ gave us and our uh, uh, fellow Americans died for. Amen. Uh, verse 3, let, let's, let's wrap up with, with Acts 8, verse 3. Uh, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. Like that, This was Saul's mission, yeah. to destroy it. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. And so Saul had a mission, and his mission was to destroy Christianity, to destroy the church. And let's, let's go ahead and, and move to Acts 9. One through two, you want to go ahead and read sure. those first two scriptures Absolutely. there? Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of all followers of the way. And so the way was what they called Christians, He, the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And so we see a man on a mission. His mission is to uh, arrest both men and women, right? He doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. He arrests them both and, and he, he's putting them in chains. He, he's putting them in jail, in prison. His, his mission was to destroy, destroy the church. Verse three, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell on the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are per persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I love this. Nobody is, is too far out of the reach from Jesus. Amen. He was, he was a guy who literally was on the opposite team. He was literally opposing Jesus. And I love this. Jesus says, he doesn't say you're persecuting my people. He doesn't say you're persecuting my church. He says, you're per persecuting me, Paul. Well, who are you? This is Jesus. 
So every time persecution comes, it's always against Jesus. It's always picking on Jesus. And, and I love that, that Jesus is like, my church and me are one. Yes. It is my bride. Mm-hmm. You pick on your church, you pick on me. And, and, and there's no separation between church and Jesus. It, it's, it's one because it is, it is his bride. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. And then Saul's mission here is about to change, right? This encounter with Jesus that he has. And not only, man, we have a real encounter with Jesus not only does our mission change, but our identity changes. Amen. Yes, it does. Right? Our identity changes when we have a real encounter with Jesus, when, when God gets a hold of our, our, our lives. And this is what happens to, to Saul. Uh, his name ends up being changed from Saul to Paul, probably for safety reasons. But I believe it's also an identity change. That's what happened to you. When we were dating, I called him Andy all the time. Weird. And then when uh, we gave our hearts to Jesus, he goes, I'm a new man. Call me Andrew. And I said, okay, let's go. So let's go. Pastor Andrew. <laughs> Listen, I, I want us to understand that it doesn't matter how we start out the race in life, right? It matters how we finish. Yeah. And Paul didn't start out good, right? Mm-hmm. But man, did he finish strong. And mm. I love I love the words of, of, of Paul here in 1 Corinthians 15, 18 through 10, as he's writing this letter to the Corinthian church. And this is who Paul is in a nutshell. He was a super apostle. He was the best, right? Like this conversion that he has just completely changes him. He's transformed and he's starting churches and he's equipping and he's discipling people all over the world. And so if there was anybody that could, you know, you know, give himself some props, it was Paul. But look at this this scripture here Mm -hmm. in in 1 Corinthians 15, 8 through 10. He says this, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. And he's talking about Jesus. I saw Jesus. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. I love that. He's like, God gave me favor, but I'm going to do something with it. I'm not going to waste his favor. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God, who is working through me by his grace. Man, our identity is in Jesus. And so Jesus changes our identity. He gives us a new mission. He gives us a new purpose. And we're empowered by his grace. We are empowered. We can't live without his grace and without his mercy. And that's what Paul is saying. I needed grace more than anybody else. And but I'm not going to waste his grace. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to live out the race that he's put before me. And I'm going to be all that God has called me to be. And I'm going to trust him in every situation. And it doesn't matter the persecution. It doesn't matter how many times he was thrown in prison. It didn't matter how many times he was flogged and beaten. And and they thought he was dead at, at one point. He wanted to pursue Jesus and the mission with all of his heart. Because it wasn't about the, the temporal, the temporary. It was about the eternal. Mm-hmm. 
that he wanted as many people to experience this eternal life in Christ and live free forever because Jesus has the keys. He has the keys and, and he wants us to all live with him in eternity. Amen. Let's go to verse 7 here, uh, back in Acts 9, back with the story of Saul. The men with Saul, so this, this, this supernatural moment happens to Saul. You know, he sees Jesus. The men there stood with Saul speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice. They could hear Jesus' voice, but they didn't see anyone. Mm. Saul picked himself off the ground. He flattened the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Sometimes life knocks us down. Maybe you felt like you've been knocked down during this pandemic and, and, and just kind of you feel depression creeping in. Some of your old habits, you know, bad habits are creeping in. Listen, Jesus wants to send some people into your life to help you up. That's what Jesus does, man. That's what the church is. And, and that's why, man, that's why Hebrews 10, 25 says, don't neglect meeting together because this is where we can encourage each other and help each other up. And, and man, and then, man, grace dusts us off, Amen. right? Yeah. Sin brings dirt into our life. But grace says, man, I've made you clean. I've washed you clean. And, and man, Jesus took Saul's physical sight away. So he could reveal the destiny that God had for him. And so the rest of the story goes, he's taken to this guy by the name of Ananias, and he prays for him. Saul receives his sight back, and it says in scriptures that something like scales fell off of his eyes. And my hope is when, as we come out of this this pandemic and, and out of this, this shadow of this, this virus that we let scales fall off of our eyes and that we let God show us clearly the next steps for our lives and the purpose and the destiny that he has for us. Because at that moment, after that, it was, it was go time for Saul, who then became Paul. He began to preach right away. Like, like man, he's just like, man, I didn't waste the grace. I didn't waste the second opportunity, the second chance that God gave me. I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me anyways. And so I'm not going to waste this moment, this, this time that God has given me back. And, and I would encourage all of you, man, don't waste it, right? Like, like we've seen what it's like to be in isolation and, and, you know, to have some freedom removed from us. And let's not waste our freedom any longer Amen. that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul encountered persecution, not only from the synagogue and his fellow people that he went to school with and he studied with, but when he came to Christianity and the way, he was confronted with persecution from the apostles. They're like, who's this dude? He's right. been killing Christians. Is this a joke? Is this is this a trick? You know, Paul had to work his way in. They weren't just like, woo, yeah, Paul, you know, yeah. let's go. Yeah. He was like, I am dedicated, and no matter what persecution I come under, I am going to stand firm because I experienced the one true God. I experienced Jesus, and that's what we're called to. We're called to experience 
Jesus and allow him to transform us by the renewing of our mind and give us a new identity in him that we can be all that he's called us to be throughout our lives so that it would affect not only now, but eternity for, for everybody that we influence and are around. Amen. I want to I end with, with Hebrews 10.25 again. It's such a powerful scripture, and it's a time. It's a scripture for now. Let's go ahead and read it again. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That, that last passage there, the day that Jesus' return is coming near. You know, for, for years... Think we we just we kind of don't think about that, right? That moment that Jesus is actually going to return for his kids, his children, mm-hmm. his church, and you know, more than ever, I feel like we're closer. Of course, every day we're closer, mm-hmm. but just the signs of the time. Jesus says, "Hey, you're going to know. You're going to start to know that when things start getting." bad and things are and i just want us to know things are bad in different places in the world like there's real persecution people are really dying for christ because of their of their faith and and i believe the time for us as as american christians we're going to come under some persecution yeah. and and to not be shocked by it but it's normal and Jesus still has a plan for our lives Amen. and he's enough and he holds the key and he's going to get us through it. And I just want to pose a question for you as, as we end today. What if we began to, to live our life as though Jesus was really returning soon? Like what would that look like, right? And not wasting his grace and, and truly stepping into the purpose and the plan that he has for, for, for your life and for your marriage and for uh, your your family. And, you know, persecution has always unified the church. Amen. And I feel like as we gather together again, there's going to be uh, a real unity that happens mm. uh, throughout the whole country as, as uh, many churches are starting uh, back on May 31st. Uh, it represents the day of Pentecost. We'll be celebrating the day of Pentecost. And, you know, my prayer is that we just experience something really special and really, really powerful that day, but not just that day, but it continues on, mm-hmm. right? That it's just not one day that we celebrate uh, or whatever, but it's, man, this is for the rest of our lives and that we don't take for granted the freedoms that we have in such a wonderful country that we live in. I, I just need you to hear my heart in this, that uh, we love you. We love you. We care for you. We care for your family. We care for your concerns and the things that are on your hearts. And, and we, we, as your pastors, want to lead you into truth, into the full truth of what's going on right now, that we stand in faith. We don't have fear in this, but we also want you to know that we trust in your relationship with Jesus. And if you're celebrating with us from your home or you're celebrating with us in person, that you are a part of passionate life and the mission that God has for us all. Amen. Let's go ahead and and transition to our response time like we do every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every message that we have, 
uh, we want to give you an opportunity. If you've never given your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity right now. If maybe you've been dri- you've drifted from the truth, you've drifted from God, and just life has just kind of swallowed you up, and then you just want to make a rededication today to follow Jesus, I would just ask that you would repeat this prayer uh, after me as we pray. Let's just go ahead and close our eyes and bow our heads today. And just repeat after me, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for what you did on the cross. For what you did on the cross. And I ask right now. And I ask right now that you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would come into my life. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward. And from this day forward, I will follow you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, Jesus amen name. and amen. Come on, heaven is rejoicing. The angels are having a party yes, they are. right now. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. What do you have for our people today? Hey, if you gave your life to Jesus today or you don't have a Bible, we would love to get that to you. Uh, you need to email us at passionlifechurch at gmail.com or you can text for prayer if you have any prayer requests or needs. We've been loving all the prayer requests coming in so that we can join you in faith for God's uh, plan, His healing, His purposes for your life and for your family. We love you guys so much. We're praying for you every single day. And have a great day. Have a great week. Can't wait to see you soon.